My question for you guys tonight is a fairly simple one. It's also Tabitha's idea, so I'm not going to steal all the credit. Um, what is your geek New Year's resolution? Uh, I'll start. Um, my New Year's resolution is to read down some of my poll list because it is, again, ridiculous. I will always say I could really use another pandemic. I could really use another stay-at-home order. I, I got through a lot of my comics, and then the real world, <laughs> the real world came back, and I didn't read them as much anymore. Um, Matt. Um, so I actually kind of was thinking about this the other day. I, Tabitha and I do a lot of reading, just in general. Um, but I want to make an effort to read at least one graphic novel outside of the stuff that we get for reviews um, a month. Nice. Thank you for adding that little clarification there. Yeah, no, because like that stuff, I, I really enjoy reading the stuff that we get for reviews anyways, but I just have so many other graphic novels that have been kind of on a unspoken TBR for so long that I would really like to make an effort to get through some of those. Lydia. I am going to finally finish all the video games that I have started and not completed because... <laughs> you know, life, and I can't convince myself to just sit down and play when I have a l- little bit of free time that I actually have, so all those poor little save files are just sitting there like, <laughs> you don't love me anymore. <laughs> and Tabitha. So, we have this really bad habit, and by we, I mean mostly myself and sometimes Matt, of starting a television show series and watching about two seasons it's stopping us. <laughs> in the middle of the second season and then completely neglecting it forever like we are literally in the middle of like five things and i would really like to wrap some of those five things up so we can start five other things that we'll be in the middle of next year and i can make the same new year's resolution we are just after christmas though so you should already be done wrapping i hate you i know <laughs> I have, like, PTSD from rapping this year, so let's not <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. Okay, uh, before we get started, I wanted to say this before the intro, but then, you know, it, I'm me. Um, let's hear from you. What is what is your Geek New Year's resolution? Uh, you can, you know, hit us up on, on the social medias. We got the Facebook, we got the Instagram, we got the Twitter. Um, okay, Grandpa. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we talked off air. Maybe, maybe we'll get a TikTok. Maybe we'll go on Mastodon. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a MySpace. That's an idea. I like that idea. I miss MySpace. Same. I still say it should have won out over Facebook. Personalized profiles with music. And how did we ever let MySpace die? I don't know, man, but I was like a coding mastermind back in the day. (laughs) Now you were if someone asked me to like code their MySpace, I would literally just like cry. But I was so good. Yeah. Between MySpace and like Guy Online, I could actually do like full on HTML, and I could not 
tell you a single code now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it is the end of the year. We are doing our traditional uh, year-end discussion. Uh, We have four categories that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, The best thing for us of 2023, the worst thing, um, the biggest surprise, and I always want to make sure that we know the biggest surprise, five second roll, by the way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Uh, The biggest surprise can be a good or a bad thing. Um, And then finally, what are we looking forward to for 2023? So let's start with the good. Uh, What was... Your favorite thing. Tabitha, you had a really good uh, really good response to this. Let's talk about what your favorite thing in 2023 was. So usually C2E2 is in like the spring, right? Or like in the last couple of years, it's been kind of off kilter. Uh, in 2022, it actually fell on my birthday weekend. And I have not done like an actual thing for my birthday in like forever. <laughs> I'm usually just like, for my birthday, I want to stay in my bed and nobody talk to me. Um, but this year, I got to spend... C2E2, nope, I got to spend my birthday (laughs) (laughs) at C2E2, uh, surrounded by other, like, nerdy, geeky people, and all of you, minus Lydia, who was there in my heart, and it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, My birthday kind of just usually slips by me, and it's just another day to me, it always has been, but you guys made it special, so did C2E2. Aw, thanks. Thanks. Lydia, your response was also something very personal. So what what was your favorite thing in 2022? So, I mean, you know, aside from the fact that I got married this year, I got to go on my honeymoon uh, right at the end of October, beginning of November. And being the nerds that we are, we didn't just do the typical like, oh, we're going to Florida, we're going to go to the beach and do nothing else kind of honeymoon we were full-on nerds and we went and saw halloween ends at the theater and we went to universal and disney which we neither of us have ever been to so i got to actually finally go see wizarding world of harry potter which was absolutely amazing um i got spoiled because i got an interactive wand like as soon as we got there so you know <laughs> i was running around doing all the spells um disney was absolutely amazing and realized kind of as we were there and a little bit after we left that uh we actually got to ride splash mountain before it isn't splash mountain anymore because they're revamping it in 2023 Mm -hmm. to be uh tiana's ride so we actually got to ride it before they change it so like all those things and getting to experience them with my new husband on top of that was just amazing nice um oh as i accidentally Turned on Netflix on my uh, on my tablet. Mitch is bored with the show. He's watching something else. Yeah, like okay, enough, Lydia. Enough of your happiness. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll, I'll just be Eeyore instead. We already have one of those. Thanks for noticing me. There it is. <laughs> so I had a lot of different options for my favorite thing of 2022 um but i i ended up narrowing it down to two and it's kind of funny because after i chose these two then i was thinking well it could have been this or it could have been this but i'm sticking with 
with these two options. Uh, the first one is the uh, one of the graphic novels that we read and reviewed uh, earlier this year, uh, Chef's Kiss from Oni Press. Uh, that was a fantastic graphic novel, um, and it was one of those I ended up buying IRL, and I'm not 100% for sure if I read like the actual physical version, uh, but it was one of those things when I thought about it, I was like... Do I have time to read it? No? Okay, fine. <laughs> um, also, like, this year and last couple months have not just because of how busy I've been, but this year I have read more actual books than I have in a long time. And one of my favorite books that I read this year came out last year, but I finished it this year, so I'm counting it, uh, Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Um, fantastic story of, you know, death and life and you know, finding closure, like all these things. Heartwarming book. If you haven't read it yet, uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. Find it. I will loan it to you, but I really, really, really want it back. <laughs> um Matt, you also had a book as your best thing of 2022. I did. Mine is actually kind of a two-part um, because I think for my birthday, I received a copy of a book that N.K. Jemison had written. I got the paperback copy for my birthday. I've been looking forward to it. Didn't really know all of what, was it, all of what it was about, but I just knew kind of it was a urban a new urban Lovecraftian novel, and I and I, I just knew that I needed that. Um, I tore through the first one, and the second one surprised me by being released the beginning of November of this year, and I finished it in, I think, less than a week. Um, Tabitha surprised me with it as a, uh, a present um, after we had a pretty rough week. Um, but, uh, it was originally supposed to be a trilogy. It ended up as a duology, which fit so well. Um, and yeah, if, if you know me, I love the Lovecraftian mythos and the world and all of that stuff. And for NK Jemison to take that and bring it to today, um, was just, it was just kind of mind blowing. Um, I, I loved it. I will probably end up rereading it again before not too long so I can read them back to back. Nice. So with every good thing of the year, we also had some really crappy things that happened this year. <laughs> um, I think hands down for me, like uh, again, there, there are a lot of different options, a lot of different things that you can talk about. Uh, but I, I think for me, my, worst part of 2023 was uh the passing of jason david frank uh it's been almost a month now or a month around a month mm -hmm. but still it's like it just feels weird you know like obviously i didn't know him i met him once but like he was still somebody you know that we saw all the time at cons and he was also a part of my childhood you know um and just just the idea of, you know, just that he's not here anymore is just, it's weird. And I know that, I know that me feeling this way is nothing compared to what his actual loved ones are going through still. Uh, but it just, it sucked. 
It really, really sucked. Um, Lydia, you almost stole my answer, though, because kind of like I talked about, there's a lot of things this year that I have wanted to do, but haven't gotten around to. Yeah, so kind of like you were saying, like, I got a lot of stuff like watched and read and everything when everything was shut down in the world. Yeah, this year has not been like that. This year has been crazy busy and I keep seeing all these things, all these movies and everything that I wanted to see. And all of a sudden it's the end of the year and I've seen, I think, maybe two of them. I have played like no video games this year. Like Stray came out. I wanted to play that super bad. I haven't even downloaded it. I forgot all about Stray. (laughs) Yes. Cat cat game. game. How did you forget about the cat game? A lot of things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. A lot of things have happened this year. But like when I was trying to make my list for this, I actually ended up just like Googling movies that came out in 2022. And I was like, oh, Secrets of Dumbledore. Wanted to see that. Didn't watch that. Um, wanted to see um, The Princess, which is a series, I think it was on HBO or something that caught my eye. I wanted to watch that. Never even got to watch that. Just all these things. I'm like, I wanted to see this. And now all of a sudden, it's like, I... <laughs> Maybe eventually I'll get to watch them, I guess, but not this year because um, that's not happening in three days. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like for all the awesome stuff that did happen this year, it's like I missed a lot, especially in like geek culture. Like I, there's so much I have not done this year. Yeah. Um, Matt and Tabitha, um, you guys hated on the MCU this year. Um, you both <laughs> chose MCU properties as your least favorite thing. Matt, let's start with you. Um, yeah, I chose Doctor Strange um, and the Multiverse of Madness, which I will issue this caveat because roughly half of the movie I did really enjoy. It was just the other half, which really (laughs) disappointed me as far as plot structure and character arc. And it just... So there's basically two... If you haven't seen it, spoilers, there's kind of two stories going on simultaneously. There's Doctor Strange's arc, and then there is Scarlet Witch's arc, which do intersect. But... And maybe part of this is because, like, Tabitha and I did spend a fair amount of time talking about this movie after we watched it. Um, I really enjoyed Doctor Strange's arc. I did. I thought they did a good job with him. He moved forward as a character. He built, like, they build this movie to be a tentpole of the summer, which five years ago, nobody would have ever said, hey, we're going to make Doctor Strange a summer blockbuster. Like, nobody would have even known who he was, more or less. Yes, let's make this a a tentpole movie for the summer. Um, So I had really high hopes going into it, and maybe that's part of it. Um, But again, his arc, I enjoyed. His arc, I thought they did a good job. My problem comes down to Scarlet Witch's arc. So much of that story relies on the fact that she goes crazy and doesn't know who she is because she no longer has her children. And that bothers me because as a parent, you need to have an identity. Yes, love your children with everything you are. They can be your guiding light. They can, you know, be your heart and soul. But you still have to have an identity as an adult, as a person outside of those children. 
And she just goes absolutely batshit crazy because her children are gone. Like, she's going to tear apart the universe. She's going to destroy everything because her children are gone. And I get that that's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching, but that's the only thing she had going. That was her sole motivation. And that really bothered me that they put Scarlet Witch, who is such an incredible and such a powerful character, in such a tone-deaf light, really, to just focus solely on that. And they're because of the way that they focused on that, she had no character growth. The, that her, her character arc was flat. Like, it was just revenge and hate and death across the board for her. And there wasn't even redemption at the end. So, that... That movie as a whole just disappointed me because I had such high hopes for it and I thought it was going to be so good. And that that half of it just pulled the whole thing down for me. Tabitha, you better hope that Oscar Isaac doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope that because I don't want him to be mad at me. Um, so, Moon Knight. Um... I went in kind of knowing a little bit of the background of the character and knowing that he, you know, essentially, quote unquote, split personality disorder. Um, First couple episodes weren't too bothersome. They were kind of quirky and funny. And then I started kind of paying attention. And I think that was my problem. Like, I, I felt a little too hashtag woke watching it because it went down this spiral where it became very apparent that this character is possessed by whatever, but he also is showing the symptoms of dissociative identity disorder or DID. And the portrayal of that, as I saw it happening and as it kind of kept going and going and going, got more inaccurate and like, as someone who suffers from a condition that gives me DID-like symptoms, um, it was really disheartening. Like, I had a really hard time watching it, but I wanted to continue and watch the series. But there were moments where it was, A, it was a little triggering, but B, it's, we live in a world where people think of DID as, you know, oh, I, I woke up today and I'm Brenda, but that's not necessarily what it is. And the portrayal of it, when it became super apparent that that's what they were talking about, we don't live in a world where people pick up their phone or go down a rabbit hole <clears throat> in a mental health situation for trying to figure out if something's being portrayed accurately. They just take those things for face and base value. And I have been trying to fix that stigma of obsessive compulsive disorder my entire life. And I feel like DID is becoming one of those things where people are like, oh, what do you have, DID? It's a serious condition. People suffer from it. And they kind of made it a joke in this show. And we, as we were watching it, I, I told Matt, had it not, it literally Oscar Isaacs was the only reason I kept watching it. Because there were those moments where his acting was really incredible. And, like, he's real pretty to look at. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the interaction um, between the two quote-unquote personalities was interesting to watch. It's just, I don't think we live in a world where you can use a, a mental illness as representation and not do it correctly, especially in the Marvel world where you have such an influence over people's opinions, especially 
a younger generation. Moving on, um, we're going to talk about our biggest surprises of the year. Uh, good, bad, I guess not indifferent, because <laughs> you can't be surprised by indifference. I guess you could. I guess you could. I feel like I'm surprised by indifference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mostly my own. Like, do I know? <laughs> um, and we're going to start this round with um, Lydia and Tabitha, because you chose the same thing, and I'm very curious if it's for the same reasons. Okay. Um, Tabitha, since you just talked, let's start with Lydia. So... This is one of the few movies I actually got to go see this year. I got to go see it with Kevin and my parents. And I've grown up with Elvis my whole life because my poppy always listened to him. Like, we've gone to Memphis for years for Elvis Week. So, like, I've got a lot of knowledge from that about Elvis's life and everything. I was excited when they announced this movie, but I was also very, like, cautious about it because i figured that they were going to screw it up big time and i figured they were going to do that because they were going to try to make it from his perspective and they were going to over dramatize everything and they were going to make it completely inaccurate and they took it a completely different direction than i expected because they made it from the perspective of the colonel and almost from like basically like the antagonist point of view but he to him, he's he's the you know the hero that brings Elvis to the spotlight and all this, and all the different things that they portrayed in this movie throughout his life are actually very accurate to his life, and like there were very few things that were wrong, and if it was, it was like a minute like date thing or stuff like that, or just because you know it's a movie, they have to dramatize things a little bit, but overall, like it just impressed me how well that they took his story and turned it into a movie that was actually a entertaining and b fairly factually accurate about his life so tabitha do you feel the same way or did elvis leave you in the heartbreak hotel jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) you get a holiday shame and a regular shame because i'm still in christmas mode um so i was super stoked when they announced this movie because I am a huge fan of Baz Luhrmann movies. I have never seen a Baz Luhrmann film that has let me down. Um, if Baz Luhrmann could direct every movie for the foreseeable future, I would be so happy. Like, Baz Luhrmann and Wes Anderson, that's all I want in the whole white world. <laughs> Everyone else doesn't get to direct. Um, I was really excited going into it. And then once casting information started coming out, I started getting a little nervous. Because mm-hmm. um, my only experience with Austin Butler was in, like, WB like amc family like teeny bopper tv shows and i was like oh my god what have you done so i went into this incredibly skeptical i was a huge elvis fan when i was a kid we used to go to graceland all the time it was like the only place we traveled like i pulled out after the movie i pulled out all the pictures and showed mad of me like posing with the lisa marie (laughs) plane and me literally sobbing over elvis's grave and i'm like this tall wearing a blue suede shoes t-shirt and i am bawling my eyes out and my mother was like oh what a cute moment (laughs) (laughs) plot twist it's not a cute moment i am sobbing my dad and elvis also shared a birthday so my dad was always like very into elvis so it's really just been really important to me and i also like lydia went in expecting them to over dramatize it i felt like it was just going to be not that i didn't trust boz lerman but it was going to be just one of those things that's super focused on elvis and this and i 
was like assuming Tom Hanks playing the colonel was going to be, you know, just a side character. And like as the second that he dropped in and he was like the narrator for the film, mm-hmm. I was hooked. Like, I can't sit through a movie without getting up and going to the bathroom like 47 times. I was in my seat the whole time. Um, there were moments in that film where like I could visualize the picture or the video of Elvis that they took the scene from. And... I can't believe I doubted Austin Butler for a second. Like, he did an incredible job. Um, There were some things in there that were a little factually incorrect. Like, there were some things that, like, the dates and the times were a little Mm -hmm. flipped. Like, things happened after when they should have happened before and things like that. But that didn't really bother me at all. I was (laughs) pleasantly surprised. And I really, really enjoyed it. I have, I watched it in the theater. We've now watched it. Mm And, like, I could sit down right now and rewatch the movie. Like, I think it, it was really, really well done. And Baz Luhrmann has a history of taking older things and modernizing them, and the, much like he did with Gatsby and Romeo and Juliet. And he took this, and he put that modern, like, sound visualization spin on things, which in a traditional Elvis movie I think would have bothered me. But because of the way they flipped the perspective of this, it was absolutely incredible. I sobbed at the end both times I've watched it. So well done and so beautifully filmed. And like you said, say, uh, like I was really worried about Austin Butler. And close to the end of the film, it's like Elvis's last big performance that they're showing. And they actually started morphing between footage of Austin Butler and actual footage of Elvis. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm, I didn't notice it. And I'm like, wait a second, that's actually him. And now they're back to, okay, that's yeah. cool. There was also a moment where they like, it was Elvis's uh, career in Hollywood. And there was this moment where like, it was very much so Austin Butler on that stage. But like they zoomed out and like, it's a scene from one of my favorite Elvis movies. Mm-hmm. And if you would have put the two pictures side by side, I would have been hard pressed to tell you the difference. Because yep. I was like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Like telling him like when we were watching it, like, yeah, that's not Elvis. And I like had to pull up the picture. Like it's impossible to watch anything with me. Because I'm like, look, Matt, look at this picture. It's Elvis. And look at this move. And this is what he did. And this is why I did it. And like, <laughs> but no, I pleasant very pleasantly surprised um we were actually talking about this the other day um austin butler has now been accused of like in like getting the elvis voice like if you look if you listen to like video or anything of him pre-elvis his voice sounds much different than it does post elvis he damaged his vocal cords for the role by deepening Mm. his voice making himself sound like elvis like he doesn't sound like elvis he doesn't sound like his old self like he sounds like a whole new human worth it like there were body moves that were just completely impressive, like 10 out of 10. So good. Yeah. Nice. Um, Matt, your biggest surprise of the year, we've actually, we've brought it up a few times um, over the year, but um, your biggest surprise is how much you loved Avatar. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you know, we were just discussing about how we need to do our... Uh, Geek Awakens watch of that and take shots probably when they say unobtainium. Um, but and record it for posterity if nothing else. But no, nothing to do with Avatar. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> What's gonna really be funny is that we're gonna watch Avatar and Matt's gonna be like, shit, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But would he admit it or would he like, would he play up the, the fact that he doesn't like it, never admit it to a soul? And, like, here we are, like, 20 years from now, you, like, wake up one morning, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, he's not in bed with you, you <laughs> go downstairs, watching. <laughs> he's watching <laughs> Avatar 17, like, 
<laughs> I, I don't know. This man very openly admitted he liked two cheesy Netflix holiday films. <laughs> Within like a 20 minute span, he was like, I like that movie. No, I don't think Matt has any shame. So I think he would openly admit if he decided he actually did like Avatar. Okay, that's fair. Um, so Matt, what was your actual biggest surprise of 2022? Um, well... It was not Avatar, but it was something that we have talked about a couple of times this year. Um, it is MCU burnout. Um, like, we watched everything that the MCU did on Disney+. Plus. We watched all the movies until about mid-year. And then the combination of life being stupid busy and God knows what else... And it just got to be too much. Like we watched like the first two episodes of Ms. Marvel and we haven't gone back to finish it. Um, we have Thor Love and Thunder that we haven't sat down and watched yet. There is Werewolf by Night. Um, there is She-Hulk. Like there are multiple properties. There's Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. There are half a dozen Marvel properties that came out the second half of this year that, in combination with life being crazy busy, just don't really have the energy to make time to watch. And it it makes me sad because as the MCU got built, it was just so incredible how everything tied together. And now... And I know that next, like Phase Five, they're toning things back a bit, so they're going to do less shows, they're going to be do less movies, so that it's not quite so overwhelming. But it just got to be too much. Like I still want, I do. Do I want to watch them? Yeah, but in my own time, I, I at this point, it's it's I'm going to be hard pressed to make time to sit down and catch up on anything that isn't like front and center one of my favorite characters for the mcu yeah my biggest surprise of the year um was actually a dc property uh i've been actually holding on to this making sure like my biggest surprise happened in january oh <laughs> uh, and I have been holding on to this and making sure that i remember to say hey this is your biggest surprise this is your biggest surprise uh i went into 2022 not even planning on watching Peacemaker. <laughs> John Cena was fine in the Suicide Squad. Wasn't my, you know, like, the, the, the Suicide Squad was a better movie than Suicide Squad. Um, and, like, overall it was. And John Cena's character was fine. Did I think that he needed a TV show? Not really. Um... Even, like, some of the trailers that we saw for it, I was like, okay, like, more power to y'all, but I don't think this is for me. And then people started talking about the show. And people started talking about, hey, this is actually pretty good. And then people started talking about the intro to the show. <laughs> if you have not seen the intro to Peacemaker yet, A, good for you for, like, being, like... I, I don't know, like living under a rock, maybe <laughs> um, for, for a while, <laughs> for a while. That was all that people could talk about. Um, but uh, but also like you need to see this intro. It's just <laughs> it's so weird and bizarre. And like, 
you know, I'm not a huge fan of the skip intro button anyway, but like, I didn't even think about skipping the <laughs> intro when it came to Peacemaker. Uh, the show itself, I mean, was a lot better than it had any right to be. Um, interesting character developments, you know, a couple of plot twists that I didn't see coming. There were a couple others that I definitely did see coming. Um, but yeah, like, you know, just, just overall, I was just, I was really, really impressed with how that first season went. Um, and John Cena made Peacemaker a character that I now kind of care about, um, <laughs> to at least the point where when they come up with season two, I am definitely going to be here for it. Uh, yeah, I just, I, again, it had no right to be as good as it was. <laughs> All right, I think we're done talking about 2022. Now, our last subject of the night, uh, going forward and talking about 2023, what we're excited for. Um, I'm not going to start with you, Lydia, but I do want to just make sure because we went into this. You do have an answer now. Okay, (laughs) good, good, good. Well, Lydia, you have one. Let's start off. I'm going to be just as surprised as you guys. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know what my most excited thing is, so I'm going to tell you guys tomorrow because I have to think about this. Um, so kind of the opposite of this year, I'm looking forward to next year because I'm actually going to get to catch up on some stuff. Like, I'm actually going to get to come to C2E2 with you guys. Yay! So that's exciting. And I might actually have the chance to catch up on some of the stuff that I missed this year because, you know gonna have a couple weeks you know they they say you should rest for a while after you have a newborn <gasps> what? What? <laughs> you know i was wondering what that arizona tea was doing in this room <laughs> i just assumed that she was still sick <laughs> oh surprise <laughs> this is not a shame this isn't excited though <laughs> <laughs> but no, so not not a plot twist. I actually have been sick. Like I actually have like <laughs> bronchitis and have had no voice and all that fun stuff. But yeah, so that's that's another fun thing that I that's gonna happen next year. Oh my god, there's gonna be a geek awakens baby. There oh. is. <laughs> Do we get to help name it? Uh, <laughs> t- raise your hand if you think it should be Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> baby McBaby face. Uh. <laughs> Maybe I don't think we get to help now. Yeah. <laughs> what if we like make an ambigram of like all the names? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah. Um. I- I'll get back to you on the naming thing, guys. Um. Yeah. In like three years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like actually too late. <laughs> so yeah. So surprise, baby ducky, come in July next year. Love it. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> None of us are going to live up to that. I just, <laughs> I just want you to know right now. No. Unless, Tabitha, you have something to share. Remember that short pier I was talking about earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I, when someone tells me they're pregnant, like, I panic. And I'm like, wait, you're happy. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> there, there is, like... <laughs> especially especially when we're in our 20s i think that that is definitely a time when somebody does say that they're pregnant where you do have to be like 
is this a good or a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> am, am I happy for you? Am I sad for you? What am I doing? I just have to really try not to project my emotions. <laughs> like Matt's sister uh, told us on Zoom last year that she was, or not, not last year, whatever, whatever she told yeah. us a couple years ago, that she was pregnant. And I like froze. <laughs> and I was like, no, wait, good. Oh, you <laughs> I tried my best not to do that here, but I don't think I succeeded because I know my face went, wait. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, Tabitha, your thing that you're excited about for 2023 does involve children. It does, which is weird, but here we are. <laughs> so, there is this book series that has been ongoing for like six years. Six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, called the Wayward Children series. It's by an author named Shannon McGuire. Um, Wayward Children series is essentially a series of novellas, um, based on children that, much like Alice went through the door and Dorothy went to Oz and uh, Narnia, the kids went to Narnia, things like that. Um, it's about traveling children that go into fantasy worlds and then they're wayward because then they're returned to this world and they don't know how to act or what to do because they've been so engrossed in these fantasy worlds for so long. And I started this book series um, when the first one came out and it was, it, they're absolutely incredible. Um, If you have not read them or you have not heard about them, 10 out of 10 recommend the books are all under 200 pages. They're very short. They're a punch in your heart and they're so well written. The eighth one is coming out. Um, in January, so in the next couple of weeks, and I am ecstatic. Each book is about a new character, but they do kind of like co-mingle, and some of the characters that are going to be in this book are some of my favorite characters. Um, characters pop up kind of like here and there and everywhere, um, and they're wayward in the sense that they've left, but there's all they're also all part of this children's home where they've been sent by their families or their parents to, you know be fixed but the person who runs it um is also a wayward child herself and so it's it's learning about everyone's adventures and again if you have not read it highly highly recommend like mitch i will let you borrow them but i will murder you if you don't bring them back because <laughs> um, they are twenty dollars for a tour hard back and it's real frustrating but i have to have them um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be absolutely devastated when they announce that this series is over. Um, book eight is not the end, thank God. Um, so very, very, very excited. Nice, um, Matt. What does 2023 look like for you? Um, so I am going to be hokey for a minute because one of the things I am looking forward to is in February. Aww. What? Aww. <laughs> No. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I'm hokey. Whatever. Still you, doesn't live up live up to Lydia. No, I know, and no. not like you didn't know that I was hokey going into oh, this. Oh, well, I know. So anyway, we're getting married. By the way, for the people who aren't in this room, and Matt didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a geek awakens wedding. A geek awakens baby. Ooh, a geek awakens funeral. Uh, I mean, um, wow. <laughs> Maybe after Tabitha kills you. (laughs) I wouldn't go to your funeral if I murdered you. I'd be in jail. (laughs) I feel like you would still try to go, maybe like wear a fake mustache. I feel like 
feel like I probably wouldn't get caught and I would show up and be the most grieving person there about how I treated you so badly all these years. <laughs> <laughs> so just know if Mitch randomly gets murdered, um, <laughs> we know who to investigate first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Matt. That aside, um, I am. Deb is also going to hate me for this, but I'm really looking forward to the new Spider Verse movie. Um, yes. The first one was so good. It's probably the best Spider Man movie, period. Um, in expanding that universe and all the other versions of Spider Man that are going to show up in this one already, just based on the trailers, I'm. I'm real ready for this movie. Nice. Um, the thing that I'm most excited for um, is actually it's coming up here in the first couple of weeks of January. Uh, Nightwing number 100. Um, Tom Taylor has taken over um, writing for Nightwing since eh, it's been maybe about a couple years now. And he has done... Him along with um, Bruno and I am completely blanking on the artist's last name right now, but like they have done such an amazing job with the character, with his backstory, with his supporting characters. Um, you know he's, you know he has put Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon back together, and like those are those are goals for me. <laughs> um, like Dick Grayson belongs with no one else besides Barbara Gordon. Um, so. Yeah, so I'm very excited to see issue number 100 uh, and to see where things go from there. Um, also, I'm not ready to completely give you guys listening at home all the details. You guys know the details. Uh, but keep your ears open uh, in the first part of next year. Uh, there's something that I'm working on. Uh, I'm really excited for, and I really hope that it's not just another Mitch Ladd pipe dream um, <laughs> <laughs> that I forget all about. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. But I don't know, guys. I think I think that covers it. I think that's it for the year for the Geek Awakens. Um, we'll be back. we'll see you next year. Oh wait, no, no. You know what? I just remembered, and because it was my dumb joke. The shame bell count. Oh. <laughs> do, do I get one last shame? <laughs> <laughs> what you have until Lydia... Po- <laughs> it's for all the things I know you're going to say after we're stopped recording and I can't shame you on my air anymore. That is my favorite part of year when that like that <laughs> that weird strange chunk of time when We've already finished the shames for one year, but... The new ones haven't started. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The bell will not listen to you when you tell it to shush. Okay, so... In verse order like I usually do. Ella the intern has one. Spam, for some reason, has one. Uh, For their figgy pudding. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm glad you guys remember, because I'm like, did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tabitha has two, which I feel like she had more, and then she got some taken away, and I I don't know. Um, I have five. I have four regular ones and one seasonal depression one. (laughs) Since Lydia's not done tabulating. 
I would like to take one of Lydia's away because she's got a baby. <laughs> when you get a baby, I'll take one away from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that I case. Fair <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> babies. Can I name it? Can I get a? Can I name a new cat? I mean, if I get a new cat, sure you can name it. Okay, great, sweet. That <laughs> <laughs> you, you have recorded evidence. Um, before you do get t- too far, because we are now past one shame, do we need to shame Patrick from LodgeCon? We do, because I didn't get to shame him this year. Yeah. Aww. Having LodgeCon at a time when we weren't available to go. (laughs) (laughs) And one for Patrick. (laughs) So since I got one taken away, that gives me a four total. Matt has 21 regular shames and two seasonal depression (laughs) shames for a total of 23. And then there's the always winner. (laughs) You're right. It is a winning. So... Regular shames, we have a total of 62, (laughs) eight of which happened on the 24th of March, eight of which happened on the uh, the 9th of June. (laughs) I need to go re-listen to these episodes. Why exactly? (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) We also have five projectile shames, four seasonal depression shames, and I don't remember what this one was about, but one gag reflex shame. (laughs) Probably has something to do with those Sonic and Knuckle Xbox controllers. Oh, here yeah. <laughs> Okay, make that, um, you know, another. So, <laughs> counting that one that just happened gives us a grand total of 73 shames. A, um, yeah, that is the most shames you have ever gotten. Yes. Just so you know. Um, up till this mm. point, the closest you have gotten to that was 53 shames in 2018 with one black hole. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mitch has upped his game this year. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. That doesn't even count the ones we knew you should have gotten on the episodes that Tabitha wasn't here. Right. Yeah. Because you and I had at least one of those episodes where we're like, oh God, we're really glad Tabitha's not here. Was that like the week where it was just the two of us? Yes. (laughs) I think we both would have racked up a few on that week. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I think. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I will take it. Going forward, um, we should also notate like when somebody gets a shame taken away. We should. That way I'll we can know for list. sure. Yeah. So. so. I don't think I've ever taken a shame from you. Um. Maybe one. I said maybe yeah. one. I it's, feel like you have. I take them from Lydia all the time. Yeah. It's just true. We know who your favorite is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not Seth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and again, I'm, I'm going to apologize to the people at home because you're not going to quite see where my um, rankings are, but I think it's going to go not Seth. Lydia is pretty close. <laughs> then you've got Matt who, you know. You you are you are engaged. You are both about to be married. It's like de facto. Yeah, like. and then I'm on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about where the rankings lie. Tabitha, am I am I wrong? Yeah, you're pretty close. I think Matt's a little further under Lydia than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I feel special. So, 
Alright, so that really is going to do it for the year for The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next year, uh, but in the meantime, check us out on social media. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody say Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! Goodbye, 2024. <laughs>